gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, and the website is ChristianMoney.com. ChristianMoney. Com. Big show lined up for you tonight. L.A. Marzuli is here in our guest segment, which starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And I love to do a little bit of a different interview with L.A. Marzuli than a lot of people do. I think the guy is just fascinating personally, and I want to find out all about his home that he's building. And it's rebuilt, being rebuilt because of it, it burning down in a fire some years ago. Uh, whether he's back in Oklahoma now in his home that he has there or if he's back in Malibu, California uh, what he's doing with social media de- to deal with all of the banning and, of course, Bible prophecy and UFOs and all of that. And a bunch of you have already submitted questions, so we'll be getting to those questions. But I also want to let you know that I will open up the phone lines. So if you're an L.A. Marzulli fan and you want to be able to say hello to him, ask him a question, give him your thoughts on something and get his reaction, I will open up the phone line, so stay tuned for that about 10 minutes or so into the interview. All right, let's get into our new segment, a little bit of a sad story to start us out with today. Uh, Earlier today, deputies were called to the Ritz-Carlton Orlando uh, Grand Lakes Hotel, and there was a report of a responsive man in the hotel room. The man was later identified as Bob Saget. Uh, Yes, Bob Saget of television uh, fame, I believe his... Big Show was the America's Funniest Videos uh, series. He was the guy that started all that. And uh, detectives say there has there's no foul play or, or drug use or anything like that. He was 65 years old, so maybe it was just his time. Uh, we don't know anything more than that. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Bob Saget, who passed away today at the age of 65 years old. I have to tell you that I have noticed a growing anger in people. And I really, I I hate to say that, you know, to put politics into it, but I really think people are frustrated right now in particular about the price of gas. I can't tell you the, the foul language I hear when people pull up next to me and they're buying gas and they're not swearing at me, <laughs> although I might sometimes think they could be. Uh, but people are frustrated. You know, when you look at the price of gas, it's crazy. And I'll tell you the toughest part of shopping now, you know, now that I'm living on my own, I, I'm up at the grocery store getting my food. And I, I used to go every day and get a little something for my dinner and all that. And now I've decided maybe to just go two, three times a week and not be at the grocery store every day. Because let me tell you what's happening. When you get into the grocery store and you navigate to the meat section, I have never seen this before in my life. And I live in a fairly wealthy community. I would say that most people in my community are well off. And 
in particular, the grocery chain that I shop at is more a little bit higher end. So it's not like the Walmart type shoppers. Nothing wrong with you, Walmart shoppers. I get it. And Walmart has some great prices and I go there on occasion myself. But what I'm getting to is when you get to the meat counter and you in the, 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 the prepackaged meat, people are walking back and forth and looking at the meat, putting it back down. And this is because of the price of, of things. When it, when a tiny little package of ground beef is going to cost you $8, uh, you know, it used to be whether you could afford steak or ground beef, right? And now it's maybe you can't afford either. And so I'm also noticing a lot of people gravitating towards the pork uh, meat and, and, and nothing wrong with pork. In my view, I, I like pork and I have been eating a lot of pork lately just because it's it's less money. And uh, I've been going for the pork as <laughs> uh, uh, that. I always identify the word pork with like overspending, you know, the uh, the pigs, the pork in Washington. But, uh, you know, eating pork is maybe not the best meat, I guess, from a health standpoint. But um, if you you know, it, it is fairly you can you can cook pork in a way that it is fairly lean uh, for you if you drain out the extra fluids and all that. So in any case. I think people are angry because they can't afford just the cost of stuff to live. And and when you talk about hitting people hard, the two things you could do to really screw up somebody's life is to jack up the price of gas and jack up the price of their food. And I'm so glad that I'm I no longer have a, a family of children, you know, children to raise, you know, because everything's going up in price. I mean, I, I remember back in the day when it was about two, three weeks before the new school year, my wife would always say she needed an extra thousand or two thousand dollars to go out and buy clothes and lunch boxes and all that stuff that kids get when they go back to school. I can't even imagine for those of you that have kids and you're dealing with feeding a family of five or six people. And trying to figure out how to do that. I mean, it's got to be a lot of hamburger helper, I would guess. I would guess you're sticking with the ground beef and and throwing the pasta and the beans and the rice in there as much as you can. Uh, but people are upset. So one of the things I like to do is sit up at my Starbucks. It has a little patio outside. And this time of year, it is just gorgeous. It's like 65, 70 degrees. Perfect weather to sit outside. And uh, it's right next to the grocery store. And I just people coming out of the grocery store so fired up and angry, beeping their horns at people, uh, swearing at people out the window. Uh, so like I've never seen before. It is just really a hostile, hostile environment out there. And it didn't really calm down much during the holidays. But I just noticed it the last couple of days. People are just really really fired up. And maybe this is just in my area. I don't know. It's, it's hard to imagine being that angry. And when you live five minutes from the beach and when it's 70 degrees outside and all your friends up North are in the snow and five degree weather and all of that. But yeah, people are really upset. People are really upset. And I'm betting it's about uh, food and gas prices. And I just cannot even imagine what's going to happen uh, when the election happens in November, the midterms, I don't even know if there's a, a word we have. I mean, red wave, blowout, none of those terms may even come close to describing what is probably going to happen 
this fall. Well, a lot of people were contacting me this week, worried about their cryptocurrency and their Bitcoin investments. And uh, right now, uh, just as I went to air, Bitcoin is 41731 Uh So when we look at Bitcoin having reached almost $70,000 and now back to 41000 that's certainly a big move. But when we look at it, you know, in the entire context in terms of how much Bitcoin has gone up over the years, I'm not really all that worried about it. But I did want to make a couple of comments about cryptocurrency as we get into tonight's show. So... One of the things that is really easy to time with Bitcoin are the bottoms. If you uh, just pull up a chart of the price of Bitcoin, you can see where people start buying it again. And just as clockwork, it it bottomed out like around 41,000 and now it's going back up again. Um, I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> but uh, it's really easy if you just look at like a one or a two year chart to see where the bottom is uh, and to start buying again. It's harder to, to call the tops. It's harder to know when it's going to come back down again. And honestly, I used to do a lot more trading of my cryptocurrency. I would buy and sell and buy and sell. I don't do that as much anymore, only because when it comes down like this, before you know it, it's back up again. So it, it's unlike a lot of you know stock trading and all that kind of thing where you lose 20, 30, 40%, you got to be worried that it might take you 10 years to get that money back. It just doesn't take that long for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency to bounce back. In fact, if you look at these charts, one of the things you'll notice is that when it drops like this, what always follows is almost like a straight up line of recovery. So if you don't own Bitcoin now, it's an incredible, perfect time, in my opinion, to get into cryptocurrency. And you can get started with just a few bucks. And I'll just give you one quick idea here. If you open up an account over at Coinbase and you use this link, I'm going to give you right now. So write it down. Bitcoinbonus.us. It's not .com, but Bitcoinbonus.us. If you use that link and you put 100 bucks in at Coinbase, they will give you an extra $10. So you'll get for 100 bucks you'll get $110 of bitcoin plus you'll be getting in at this super super good time so check that out bitcoinbonus.us and then a quick note to my friends uh, like myself who are involved with Ripple XRP another perfect time to buy Ripple XRP 75 cents right now uh, per coin and uh a good chance to get on that one really for a couple reasons not only is it this is really the bottom if you follow the charts of Ripple XRP. This is really the bottom also for Ripple. And and also you have this sort of good news that's just waiting to happen, which is all of the speculation and all the experts saying that this lawsuit between the government and Ripple is going to be settled any day. And when that happens, people are saying $5, $10, even $20 is possible in an immediate move for Ripple if that lawsuit with the government gets settled. So those are your two kind of tips for the week as far as cryptocurrency. Buy Bitcoin, in my view, my opinion, and also buy Ripple. And people ask me, where can I buy Ripple? Because it's not available on a lot of exchanges right now because of this lawsuit. So what you want to do is go to a website, uphold.com. That's U-P-H-O-L-D. H-O-L-D, uphold.com, 
and you can open up a little account there, put in 50, hundred dollars. As I always say with cryptocurrency, don't put in any more money than you can afford to lose. Well, the Democrats this week, I thought they were going to do it. I expected them to do it and they did. They jumped the shark. Uh, the comparisons of course, uh, to January 6th, they made a big day out of it. Uh, they compared it to the attack on Pearl Harbor, even, uh, vice president Harris did on, on just unbelievable, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. I don't even know what I'm allowed to say about, it. by the way, I, I did ban, uh, YouTube from carrying the show tonight. And I did that so that I could be a little bit more free, um, I've been doing this from time to time and I didn't want LA Marzulli to have to edit any of his comments when he comes on with us in 15 minutes. Uh, I'm just like, let it rip, you know, tonight, let's just say what we need to say. So this, all of these comparisons to, uh, to Pearl Harbor and nine 11, uh, with January 6th are just really an insult to the people that died on December 7th, 1941 to the people that died in world war two. Uh, to the people that died in their families on 9-11. This is really, I don't even know the word, silliness would be uh, the word. And we've said it here many times. If somebody went into the Capitol and uh, vandalized or was violent, they deserve to be punished, you know, within the bounds of whatever the reasonable punishment is for something like that. And most of these people are being over-sentenced by multiples of what they should be. That's being well-reported. Uh, we never once advocated violence or any of that, or even demonstrating by breaking through the gates to go into the Capitol. Never condoned that. Never was apologetic for those people after the fact. All all of that was wrong. I'll say it again. Uh, but you know, to blame Trump, uh, who came out and I just reshared his tweet. He came out before all of this and said to be peaceful. He said to be peaceful in his speech. He posted that on Twitter. Uh, this is just it's it's an insult to to the American people to, number one, overstate what happened. And number two, to blame this on Trump and to compare it to such uh, monumental, iconic events in our history, such as December 7th, 1941 and September 11th, 2001. Just absolute insults. Those are days that will live in infamy. January 6th was certainly no great day, but a day that is certainly not anywhere in the same category as any of those days. So all that being said, uh, we knew they were going to do it. We knew they were going to play that card and they did. And I think it fell flat. And I think when it comes down to it, more people are concerned about the price of meat and the price of gas than are concerned about what happened on January 6th. And I'll just leave it at that. Now there is a big controversy brewing at focus on the family. Now I get confused about focus on the family because my wife listens to this podcast and, uh, apparently James Dobson, I don't understand the whole backstory, but James Dobson is no longer with focus on the family. And I don't follow the evangelical uh, circuit as closely as I used to. So I don't have a good scorecard of the whole backstory, but James Dobson is now in his own organization for a few years, but the organization he started focus on the family is running and going without him. And he split off from them. And I'm not going to get into all of that here, other than to say that there is a huge 
controversy brewing at Focus on the Family, the not James Dobson Focus on the Family. I want to make that clear because Dobson is out on his own doing separate things now. Um, so what's happening is uh, there is this mandate from the federal government and they put OSHA on this to enforce this, that companies that have more than 100 employees have to uh, force the vaccine on their employees as part of a quote-unquote safe workplace. So Focus on the Family, the president of Focus on the Family, has started the wheels turning of requiring the mandate of their employees. And the donors of Focus on the Family are so outraged about this that it is it is like the biggest crisis apparently in the history of Focus on the Family. This whole issue of will Focus on the Family bend a knee and bow down to Joe Biden and the vaccine mandate? Now, a lot of you know here, I don't want to be a hypocrite and play both sides of this. I have been vaccinated. I haven't gotten the booster. I don't think I'm going to get a booster shot. I got vaccinated because I have an uh I have um, something I do every week, an activity, a big band I play with, to be honest, that has a lot of older gentlemen in it who have had a lot of different medical issues. And I decided to get vaccinated to make them comfortable. And uh, I'm not protesting it. I went ahead and got that of my own free choosing. And I think it should be people's free choice. But in any case, there's this interesting sort of dynamic shaping up, which is that Focus on the family is facing a federal mandate. Now, this has happened before where ministries are confronted with similar kinds of uh, challenges like, OK, you're you're a church and we're going to force you to have a a transgender employee on your staff. You're a church. We're going to force you to have homosexual uh, ministers. OK, these are things that have happened before and churches have been able to get around these kinds of things. Uh, through court action and otherwise. This is an interesting one because, uh, and I personally think that this is unconstitutional to force people to get a, a vaccine as part of workplace safety. Uh, so what they're looking at, at Focus on the Family in Colorado Springs is they're looking at kind of like, uh, you know, a situation where there's no win. So so if they go with the the vaccine mandate, then they're going to lose a lot of donors. If they don't go with it, they face a lot of fines. I mean, these fines are like six-figure fines from the federal government. So there's a lot of backpedaling going on. Honestly, I don't know how they deal with it because no matter what they do, I mean, if I were them, I would say, no, we're not going to require it. If I had to do like everybody goes home and works remotely to avoid it, I would do something like that to try to avoid the fine. I'm not sure how to sort of walk this tightrope, but they're going to have to do it and they're going to have to get lawyers involved. Uh, but that is a major, major issue. If you follow any of the uh, major Christian websites, everybody's talking about this. What will focus on the family do? Will they bow to Biden and go along with the mandate or not? Uh, so that's brewing. Okay. I want to continue to talk a little bit on every episode about my weight loss so you notice my weight loss is continuing. I think I'm down right now close to 30 pounds and I've lost six inches in my waist. And what I wanted to talk about, I'm going to uh, take a sip of coffee and while I do remind you of our new official, this is the new official mug of the Jim Paris live show. Don't blame me. I voted for Trump. So there you go. That's the official mug and my chance to uh, take a sip here. 
Somebody told me this week uh, they've never heard anyone talk <laughs> as long as me without like stopping or taking a breath. So I'm not sure if that was a compliment or if they're concerned about my mental health. But in any case, uh, so you notice all the weight loss. And what I've been doing is trying to help as many people as possible. I've been taking five people at a time. So right now I've got two slots open. If you're someone that wants to have a free, no obligation, 15 minute phone call with me where I can tell you what I'm doing. In 90 days, I've lost almost 30 pounds and I've lost six inches off my waist. And if you want to know what I'm doing and how I'm able to do this program without being hungry and without, you know, really having to think much about food, uh, that's the thing I love most about it is you're just not thinking about food. But what I want to invite you to do is send me an email, jim at christianmoney.com, jim at christianmoney.com. And I can work with people, I think in many different countries, I can ship the products out to you. I believe I have uh, quite a few different countries. So even if you're international, still get in touch with me and I can check to see if we can still work together and I can still get you the products uh, that you need. Or if you're a follower on Facebook, private message me. How it works is I'll message you back and say, give me two or three times that you're available and your phone number. I'm going to personally call you. It's not going to be someone that works for me. I will personally call you. We'll chat for 15 minutes, see if the program's for you, tell you what the cost is and all of that. And if you want to do it, uh, you can get started in about a week. We can get you everything that you need. So just throwing that out to you. But I want to talk a little bit about the psychology of hunger because this particular program I'm on, I don't have a lot of hunger. Although I will tell you that something kind of interesting happened to me yesterday. So if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see uh, me walking around. I did some videos and some pictures in St. Augustine, which is a beautiful historic city on the east coast of Florida. And it's about 25 minutes from my house. And I love to go there. I go there as much as I can. I'm just in love with St. Augustine. I just go there. I'm there like several times a week. I just love the place. In any case... When you walk down the main drag there of Saint in St. Augustine, it's called St. George's Street, sort of the, the tourist T-shirt shops, all the restaurants and everything. If For me, because I go there a lot, I have started to sort of associate my visits to St. Augustine with food because one of the great things about St. Augustine is the food. And there's this one fudge shop. In fact, it's so terrible because they have a location at each end of St. George's Street. So if your willpower is high enough to resist it on one end of the street, by the time you get to the other end of the street, you could smell that fudge smell and it's pulling you in like a tractor beam. And it's just, I mean, it's just so hard. And then there's a, another uh, one. Of, there's two different pizza shops that I love. And when you walk by, yeah, there's the pizza. You can smell the pizza. Then there's the taco shop that I, I love this taco shop. And you walk, walk by and you can smell the taco smell. So one of the things I started thinking about last night was really the psychology of hunger. What's happening in our brain when we want to go and eat something, because obviously we eat more food than we need to eat. We just do. I mean, even look at me right now, five foot, six and a half, and I'm 200 pounds down from 230 pounds. Right. Uh, but when you, when you think about the average American is overweight, we eat too much. Why is that? 
Why do we eat too much? And I think there is a, it's not an actual feeling of hunger. I think most of us never actually get to the point that we feel real hunger. I believe it is largely psychological that we start to think, well, you know what? It's been, I don't know, an hour or two since I put something in my mouth and I think I need to eat something. So I wanted to say a couple things in this. One is um, when you have that thought in your mind that you need to eat something, I would question it because you probably don't. And it's probably not real hunger. It's probably just your addiction to eating too much that is telling you you need to eat something else. The other thing I would tell you is this. Many times your body will sing, signal hunger to you, to your brain, when it's really thirst. Because most of us don't get enough water. And uh, the people that I coach uh, to lose weight... I have them on 64 ounces of water a day. So if you want to know how much water that is, if you go to 7-Eleven and buy a Big Gulp, that's the biggest uh, of the drinks, the, the Big Gulp, that is a 32-ouncer. So if you take two of those, that's 64 ounces. That's how much water that you really should have a day. Or to convert it, that's like eight glasses of water a day, uh, you know, eight uh, cups of water a day, 64 ounces. Many times when you feel hungry, you're really not hungry. You're thirsty. And when you think about water, water has no calories and it can make you feel full. So even if you legitimately were hungry by drinking a nice large glass of water, and uh, if you're interested, send me an email. I'll give you a link. I've got a great um, water jug that is 32 ounces that has a built-in water filter. I bought it off of Amazon and it has a flip up straw. So you just take it to your tap, fill it up with water. You flip up the, the top of it and you can drink right out of it. Like you're drinking out of a cup. It's not, it's not this one here. This one is smaller, um, but this is a filtered one and it's 32 ounces. So I set as a goal every day to take that and do two of those to get my 64 ounces in. So one of the things, if I coach you, you'll find out is that I'm going to want you to drink a lot of water. So anyway, just throwing that out to you again, a little bit of an update on the weight loss. I'm excited about it. So much more energy. I'm sleeping better at night. All of that. All right. A couple more news stories before we get to our good friend, L.A. Marzulli, who is holding Big Brother Update. So all of the cash apps that we love, right? PayPal and Venmo and all of these, uh, Facebook pay all, I don't, I don't use that one, but there's a, a one where you can pay through Facebook. In any case, all of these apps are now going to be required by the government to report any transaction totaling more than $600. Now it used to be that if I paid you more than $600 as a business, I'd have to 1099 you. But it wouldn't be that like if you're my brother-in-law and I just send you 600 bucks as like a gift that the IRS has to be in the middle of that. Or if I pay a bill that the IRS has to be in the middle of that. But, but literally, I'm not kidding you, every movement of $600, it used to be $10,000, but now every movement of $600 uh, is going to be uh, triggering a notice to the IRS. Now, you might say, well, I don't care about that. Well, what that does is the more notices that go into the IRS about you, the more chances you have of being audited. And 
to me, it's just the ultimate violation of privacy. They're coming after those of us in cryptocurrency, and now they're coming after people that you're using these apps. And it just was never meant, the, the way our government was set up was never meant to be like this, to literally uh, to be monitoring these. These are small transactions. $600 is not a lot of money. You are not a drug dealer. You are not a cartel leader for 600 bucks, but yep, they're going to be monitoring that. And then we'll close on our new segment with this. So there's a new district attorney in Manhattan and he has announced that basically just like what they're doing in San Francisco, that's working out so well, right? They're not going to be prosecuting in, in Manhattan, uh, the small crimes of like several hundred dollars of shoplifting, right? So the same government is telling us, uh, we're going to, we're going to track you if you move 600 bucks around, but if you go into a store and you, you know, steal six or $700 of stuff. That's okay. We're not going to worry about that as long as it's stolen and not just money that you're moving around of your own funds. So in the one that concerned me the most was this new Manhattan DA says he's not going to prosecute, get this resisting arrest. Now, now can you imagine how many lives are going to be lost? Not only of police officers, but also of people that think, well, you know, resisting arrest is not a crime, so I'm going to fight the police officer instead of submitting to the arrest. How many police officers are they going to lose now? And New York has totally lost control of its crime situation. But think about how many lives now are going to be lost because of less police officers are going to want to work there. So you got that problem. You've got an you'll have an increase, no doubt, of people resisting arrest. And then you'll have, of course, you know, a routine arrest turning into a death whether a death of a police officer or a death of somebody who's being arrested that has committed a crime that maybe should go to jail for six months or a year, but ends up being dead. Uh, so none of this is good. And this is where we're going. Defund the police, stop enforcing the laws. And all we can pray for folks, all we can pray for is, is a November red wave to try to clean this up. All right, we'll take a one minute break. And uh, L.A. Marzulli is holding. He'll be with us. And we are not broadcasting on YouTube tonight. All of our other video channels are hot, but that way Ellie Marzulli is going to come in with a hot landing, totally unleashed, unedited, and he can say whatever the heck he wants. So we'll take a one minute break and we'll be back with Ellie Marzulli. Stand by.